Mogu Motivation, educating and empowering entrepreneurs one week at a time. Presented by True Stories Media. And I am your host, Antoine Twiz Taylor. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mogul Motivation. Welcome back. I'm happy that you are here. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is for the aspiring entrepreneur looking to get over that hump and make it happen. This podcast is for anybody who has a dream and wants to aspire higher. When you get a chance, don't forget to visit the website, www.mogulmotivation.com, where you will find free and practical information on how to start and run your business efficiently. This week on our Monday conversation, I am pleased and happy to have Avonda Turner with me. She is the founder and owner of Aaron Anderson, the online destination for the latest trends in jewelry and accessories at a guilt-free price. Avonda, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Antoine. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. So, Avonda, I saw a um, an article that Black Enterprise did on you um, about your business. I think it was like uh, a couple years ago, maybe a year ago. And uh, your story really intrigued me. And um, I just felt you would have a lot of wisdom and entrepreneurial gems that you can, you know, deposit to me, but as well as everyone out there listening. So, um, can you just give us a little brief background on, you know, your journey, how you got started, what influenced you to basically end up where you are now? Um, absolutely. But first I want to say that I am a huge follower of mogul motivation. Um, and I've listened to your previous podcasts, which have inspired me as well. So just wanted to throw that in there (laughs) before I tell you, but, um, how I started, wow, this was never the plan. It was never in my thoughts. It's literally God's plan. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Chesterfield, Virginia, which is the southern suburbs of Richmond. Um, and I graduated with a degree in mass communication. So I started off as a graphic and web designer. And in a career in graphic and web design, I somehow turned this into um, a jewelry and accessories business. Sum that up. <laughs> so okay, so your your first your first goal was to be a graphic and web designer. So you're very you're very proficient in you know the arts, creativity, and things like that. Yes. Okay, and so when you first graduated Old Dominion, where was your first job at? Um. So when I graduated ODU, my degree was in mass common marketing. So I at that time I knew that I loved graphic design, but since that wasn't my degree, I had no idea that I would um go into it prof- as a profession and as a career. So my first position was as a marketing coordinator for like a youth group home. Okay. Um, and in that position. At the time, this was around like 2010, at the time, marketing was considered solely graphic design. And so I was able to purchase all of the software and further teach myself the craft. And I fell in love with it. Like I was doing all of their brochures, all of their RFPs, their web design, everything. And I was like, wow, I really love, um, I really love the graphic portion of it. Like I have a degree in the strategy side and I love the branding and identity side that correlates to that Mm -hmm. and then slowly but surely you start to get away from that was you were you losing passion with it or what happened um no I didn't lose passion for the marketing side um but at the time the the job itself was laying off and so 
I was like, okay, this is great, but I want to pursue, like, not having a degree in graphic design, even though I loved it and was skilled in it. I was a little intimidated with my skills since it was like, oh, I didn't go to school for this. Yeah. So there must be something that I don't know or something that I'm not, you know, doing that's correct. And so um, I didn't want to go back to school since Sally Mae was already stalking me. Right. So I was like, okay, let me... Um, connect with um, a temping agency that is specifically for creatives and graphic designers and let me build up my experience and my portfolio um, professionally that way. So going in versus applying for jobs and having them say like, oh, you don't have this professional experience working with temp agencies to get different positions. And that's kind of how I built my career in the beginning to kind of give me that confidence mentally, but also that resume confidence um, with a professional experience in graphic design. Yeah, and and that that um whole process is like a job within itself because I've been through that, and of course I know you know a lot of other people have been through that as well. You know the whole you know building a resume and trying to get experience, even though no one wants to hire someone with no experience. You know it's it's very frustrating. You know it can be very draining. So I definitely understand how that process can be. So the fact that you went through all of that. Um, when did you decide, number one, that you wanted to become an entrepreneur? And when you made that decision, why not graphic and web design? Why did you choose jewelry, of all things? Well, actually, so the entrepreneurship side, it really, I promise you, it really just happens. So like I said, okay. I was working in, in temp agency, like, well, with a temp agency, so maybe on a three-month assignment here, a 12-month assignment there for graphic design. But in corporate design, it was um, strictly based on that brand. And, you know, being young and in the city, and there's so many other movers and shakers, um, other small business owners um, would come to me and say, hey, Ivana, will you do my business cards for me? Or, hey, Ivana, will you do my website for me? And then I was like, oh, sure. Um, And so I wanted to create a brand for myself, not because I was in the mindset of, oh, I'm starting my business, but just because... I wanted to have a nice, sleek email header when my friends referred me to other people. Uh Um, So I promise you I wasn't even looking at it as like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. That didn't come until later um, when I was actually like, I think it was like a temp assignment had ended. And it was like a three-month stretch that I wasn't quote unquote working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I had so many freelance projects and I was like, wow, this is kind of like a business. Yeah. Okay. So let's look into getting the, the LLC for this business and let's look into that. Um, and so that is honestly how the name of my company was brand design love. Um, and that's how brand design love started. Okay. Um, and it went, I worked for brand design love about three years and it was very eye-opening it was amazing I loved every moment of it um until I took another higher paying full-time position mm-hmm. okay and then when you took this uh position what what company was this with um it, at the time that was an insurance brokerage firm okay um yeah it was an insurance brokerage firm and I accepted that position as a senior graphic designer and they actually like when I interviewed I had my portfolio from um 
assignments or projects I had worked on during the temping assignment, but I also included some of my brain design love portfolio items. And so it was very funny to me because they were like, well, you can't do brain design love and work here because that's competition. And I'm thinking like, oh, I'm just a small time, you know, freelance business owner, but okay. Um, But as I started working there and I'm like, no, I see why they say that. So that's, that's pretty much where the end of brand design love, um, came okay so brand design love basically was uh discontinued and it was discontinued and then you continued to work at this uh new firm yeah okay and then at what point did the seed for aaron anderson come about um so just backing up a tiny bit when i stopped brand design love it was never because i didn't like because I lost the love of branding and design and web design. It was just more so the project management side of it for me. I could not do that and work the full-time job, mm-hmm. but the full-time job brought more benefits along with it. Um, so when I left BDL and I was working full-time, it was still a void for me. It was still um, a creative void for me because when you go into corporate America in any creative field, when you're in corporate, it becomes less and less and less creative. Yes, Absolutely. And so I was at work and I was doing well, um, but I felt like I was just missing something. And so when I went home and I was like, oh, I want, my wardrobe is literally the same thing essentially, but after work, like girlfriends of our two happy hour or um, everyone at the time was going to different conferences and workshops. And I'm like, I want to look cute when I go to workshops, but I want jewelry. And even though I have this full-time job, I have bill these full-time bills so mm-hmm. I can't just go splurge on new clothes um so I was like that would be really cool if I if there was a like a company that I could actually afford that wouldn't break that would last that would have the aesthetics of that um and quality of that of a J. Crew and brain design love um on a more affordable price point and one, I was just really bored one night at home. I promise you that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just design a website that I think a company like that would have. And once I designed the website, once, and I was like, okay, let me actually talk to some vendors and see if I can get samples. Like, let me see. And then once I did that and I started wearing the jewelry, because again, I started it because that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And coworkers and girlfriends would stop me and say, where did you get those earrings? Or where did you get that bracelet? And I was like, okay, this is this is the void that I've been missing, per se. Like, taking in the web design experience and the branding experience, as well as my interest in growing in e-commerce. At this point, it was maybe 2013, 2014, so e-commerce was starting. Yeah. Um, and I was in, so interested in it. And that's where Aaron Anderson was born. Wow, incredible. So your passion for graphic design web design your creativity was still planted in you because it was you know it's a, it's a part of you and that's yes. what led to the platform Aaron Anderson that's that's amazing and that's why I truly believe that you know even though it might seem random to us or like a coincidence I truly believe that the entrepreneurial spirit makes no mistakes you know um right. the fact that you was basically at home bored and something was nagging at you and you, you saw a problem, you saw a need, and you fulfilled that need using your own talents. And it led to a whole nother business venture. That's that's something that I don't think is a coincidence. You know, I think that's something like destiny in a way. Um, so 
That's incredible. Aaron Anderson basically is a platform that you use to sell jewelry from other vendors, or do you manufacture any of the jewelry yourself? So currently, yes, I am sourcing with um, manufacturers, but actually come spring 2018, I will be launching the first Aaron Anderson design collection. I'm very excited about that. So, Okay, perfect. So, okay, so tell us about the process um, of, of the business side of creating an e-commerce platform, because, you know, a lot... A lot of um, budding entrepreneurs, they, you know, they aspire to open up online boutiques, um, online stores. How do you really get one up and running? How do you, you know, reach out to these vendors and get them on board? You know, how do you tell us about that process? Um, so the first item, which is starting your website, coming from a web design background, I pretty much had um, a little bit of a cheat seat since I was a web designer. Um, and so I worked with, I started off with WordPress. That's who I would design all of my clients' websites for. And so I said, okay, let me use WooCommerce. Um, and I set up my store. But with e-commerce, it's totally different than just setting up a website and saying, hey, here's my website, here's my product, boom, there you can shop. Mm-hmm. E-commerce is totally different. It is definitely not, um, for the faint of heart, it's definitely not an easy, seamless process. but using now I've transferred over to Shopify okay and it's pretty much the keys to e-commerce is automation automation and marketing and when I say marketing I don't mean brand marketing I mean social media marketing and email marketing and really getting into the data and really getting into your analytics and really understanding who is your customer and what does she want Mm -hmm. so when I started Erin Anderson um my customer was myself at the time, the young millennial who was in an entry level position and she was looking for jewelry. But over time I realized, oh wow, that's not actually my customer. And that's something that with e-commerce, you learn so many valuable lessons. You really get to, you really learn to understand what is it that, who is my customer? And not just, is she a woman that's 35 to 50 where does that woman 35 to 50 live? What, what is her job? And what is her salary? Is she married or is she single? Does she have kids? What does she do on her weekends? Like learning that information and finding how do I best fit her? So I have an e-commerce store, which is online, which is perfect because now everyone is online for the most part and everyone is shopping online. But finding out like how do I connect with her online? Where do I go to get her eyes on my website? And once she gets to my website... How do I make this seamless for her so that she, if she's looking for earrings, she will easily seamlessly be able to go and find those earrings. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I hope that answers your question. Let me know if it didn't. Yeah, it, it did because, you know, again, you know, a lot of people think um, because everyone is online, a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's just, you know, oh, you just start a boutique, start a boutique, start an online store, and the people will come. It's, no, it's not that, it's not that simple. Um, with every business, you have to know the demographics, the psychographics, but it seems based off what you just told me, with an e-commerce business, you really got to get to the nitty gritty of it. You know, is is that correct? Yeah. You really have to get to the nitty gritty of it. And you know, like how how do we find this data though? Like how like do you use um, uh, Ibis World? Like how do you even find this data? You know, like. Um. So, no, I I wish I could use Ibis World. Um, I haven't been subscribed to that since I was in college, and it was. Um, affordably free for right, me, right. I wish. but it's literally trial and error and I was that person that thought the success of an e-commerce store would be 
oh, I have a professional domain name and oh, my branding is on point and oh, my packaging is on point. But when you have that store and then you actually meet your customer and you say, oh, no, that's not really it. Or, oh, no, she wants, she comes to my site, but she can't even find what she needs. Mm -hmm. So how I've been able to find um, the data about my customer was absolutely incorporating Google Analytics. Okay. And absolutely um, making sure, like, even now social media is really, really big for e-commerce. It doesn't, what I will say is it does not necessarily guarantee that it will generate sales, but what it will do is generate traffic to your site and brand awareness. Yes. And so seeing who's, like, who's connecting with my store on e-commerce, and if it is bringing sales, who is, who is, what is she buying? Is she only buying what she, the from the post, is she literally shopping from the post on Instagram, or is she adding more items to cart? So that means, okay, she's interested. And if you are on social media and if you're growing your brand, meaning you still have a small, a small but powerful following, literally take the time to look, go to their, your customer's social media profiles. You will find out about their life. Mm -hmm. Who are they? Who are their friends? What are they doing? Is she wearing this to work? Is she wearing this um, on vacation? Is she wearing this on a date with her boo? Is she wearing it um, to a wedding? Like, that is how I have been able to find out also, that's one way, via social media um, and just really taking the time to find out who follows you and if they follow you and engage you. For me, my audience is not necessarily on social media or Instagram specifically. So I, when I first started Erin Anderson, um, my thought at the time was if you have an e-commerce business, the first way to let someone know you have a business is for your business to be featured in a magazine. That was what my mind thought. That was that PR marketing degree working at hand. Mm -hmm. um, and so I pitched to magazines. And when I did that, I realized, oh, okay, that's who's shopping from my store, which helped me because these magazines already, they know who their, their reader is. That's a very, oh. that's a very innovative way of uh, going about things. I never would even thought about that. Um, that's, that's very smart. And, you know, like I said, that probably uh, contributes to your background because you come from that space. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, so you started pitching to magazines. That was probably your biggest way of marketing your um, site when you first started out. Did you uh, pitch it to was. Did Before you pitch that, to anything else? It was literally else? word of mouth from okay. girlfriends or coworkers. <laughs> okay. Okay. And uh, do, you, do you think word of mouth is still probably one of your strongest marketing uh, methods right now? or? Yes. So... Yes. Yes, word of mouth is still 100% the strongest. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's how your company, that you have to get the name out there. So for me, the magazines brought me my customer. But what makes my business and, what, and keeps my business running is what she says once she buys. Mm. Like, that's the biggest thing. So whether that person came from Instagram, whether they came from Facebook, whether they came from a magazine, those are all great things. And they may generate that sale. But what do they say about you after they made that sale? Like, was it a seamless process? Yes. Were you very responsive with e-commerce? Like, even though e-commerce is huge and it doesn't necessarily require you to be in person with the shopper, they still want an in-person experience. That's and they, that's what they talk about. That's what they'll say. Um, if there's not a product on your site, if they email and no one responds to this email, that's what they'll tell their girlfriend mm -hmm. once they get that bracelet. Like, oh, it's cute, but I don't know if I would shop there again. Like, 
that's why word of mouth still to this day makes or breaks a business. Absolutely. Reputation is everything. Uh, it takes years to build it up and it takes a second to destroy it. So, mm-hmm. so to stay relevant in the web-based business world, you're basically saying we have to have a brick and mortar mentality. We have to, if someone emails you, you have to respond. You know, you have to respond in a very timely manner. You can't just, you know, go oh, three or four days without emailing somebody back. Um, if, if somebody, you know, asks, asks a question, you have to respond to that question. If somebody has a complaint, you have to respond and fix that complaint. Is that correct? You have to basically cater to every single customer that comes to that site just as if they walk through a door in a brick and mortar. That is absolutely correct. I think the misconception of having an e-commerce store is that it is um, more easy and less hassle because it's simply, oh, I put my products on the site and I ship them off. But that is not how a successful e-commerce store goes at all. It's exactly like you said, having that brick and mortar experience mentality. That's what makes the successful e-commerce store an experience. Perfect. So how do you balance all this? This sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> you know, I mean, like every entrepreneur, every entrepreneur has to put in, you know, countless hours a week. But how do you balance all this, you know, running an e-commerce site like this? Automation. Mm-hmm. Automation and planning. Um, so currently right now, I work full time on Aaron Anderson. Okay. So I resigned from my career as a graphic designer and professional and I work full time for Aaron Anderson. And even with that said, it's not constantly all day sitting on the computer adding products. Um, but automation has been my best friend, like actually setting a plan of what products is it that you are going to promote this quarter. Okay. And let's take a day or let's take a weekend and let's get all these photos shot and let's plan them out. There's so many different apps, whether it's Hootsuite or Planoly. Um, that allow you to schedule your posting to social media because you do need a social media following, but who has time to sit and post every single day on their phone and schedule it and make the hashtag so people can see it. So I schedule all of those items. When it comes to email, I am glued to my phone. I'm trying to become more balanced about that, Uh but glued to the phone for email. Um, to make sure that if someone contacts me, I I understand and know what's going on and can look into that immediately. Having your store connected to your mobile device, like Shopify, WooCommerce, they both do an amazing job um, of making sure that the owner is connected, even if they're not necessarily sitting right in front of their computer. Again, having an email marketing um, system like MailChimp, MailChimp is free. Mm-hmm. It is perfect. It integrates with almost every e-commerce hosting site and it automates everything. So when that person makes that order from the moment they get their receipt to the moment that they get a tracking number from the label shipping, it automates all of that for you. So it takes less hassle um, off of you. Do you have a a team that you work with or is, is it just you? That's Currently, it is still just me. Just you? Okay. Yeah, and the reason why I ask because, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, obviously, in a, in a startup phase, is just them. It's, it's just me, you know, in my business. Um, so I definitely understand the challenges of, you know, doing everything, wearing multiple hats. So when it comes to finding vendors to supply the site, you know, what's your process with that? How do you um, basically, you know, find them and look around? Um, well, I, when I started searching for vendors, I made a list of like, 
what was the core of my company? The core of the company was a price point that was affordable, okay. that it was a quality item that will not break after you wear it. It will be a lasting item. And also it will um, be of quality in the sense that you won't break out, that it won't break your skin out. It will last. It won't turn. Those are my, like my three, I believe that was three um, main core things I was looking for in a vendor. Mm-hmm. And I just, literally would stay up on Google and connecting with them, whether they were international or um, domestic and sending emails and saying like, Hey, I like these items that are on your catalog. May I have samples so that I can test them? So every single product that is on the Aaron Anderson Co site, I have worn, tested, made sure that it is everything I promise that it will be. That's perfect. It's just basically grit. It's just basically grit and grind. Um, you yes, just, you just it's, bake. it's a lot of late night, yeah. a lot of early mornings, a lot of you figuring things out. Like one of the biggest things was um, a good amount of my vendors are international. And at first I was so intimidated, like, how am I going to speak in their language? And I was like, OK, no, what you're going to do is you're going to find a translator app and you're going to communicate with them because that's what you need to do. Like there is no man. This is a hurdle. It's like it's a hurdle, but you have to find that roadblock. And you gotta have a lot of ingenuity. You gotta have yes. a little, gotta have a lot of ingenuity. A lot of people, uh, they give up easily. They quit easily because it just really comes down to they don't want to do the work. And that's why entrepreneurship is so rare. Even though nowadays everyone calls themselves that, you know, on social media, the reality is real entrepreneurship is still rare because a lot of people aren't gonna do that. A lot of people are not gonna want to go on Google, search vendors. To find, um, so they can sell on their e-commerce store. They're not gonna want to figure out how they can get a translator device or you know app to speak to other languages. A lot of people aren't gonna want to do that, man. And it's just like that's why it's so amazing that you're telling us this because again, a lot of people think that e-commerce is just so easy. You just set up a website. You say, hey, I got this item for twenty dollars. Come buy me. It's not that easy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which leads me to my next question. As a young black woman entrepreneur, um, it's like unfortunately you're on the bottom of the totem pole because in in this in this country, you know this country that's infected with racism, you know the totem pole is white man, white woman, then black man, black woman, right? Uh, that's how society unfortunately looks at people. How do you overcome the obstacles as a young black woman in business? You know you're a full time entrepreneur. You're making it happen, but I'm sure sometimes you still run into roadblocks where it's like people might not take you serious or, you know, things like that. How do you manage all of that when you encounter situations like this? Well, what I would start with is I'm so thankful. Yes, as you said, I am a young black woman and it is so many roadblocks for us. But in today's time, since I started this entrepreneurial journey, it's been so many other black women yes that have walked this path and now everyone is so transparent like when I first started it what it was not that like I didn't know and it wasn't that those women weren't out there or that they weren't sharing their story I just didn't know where to go listen to them or where to go find them and so when I first started all of those questions I had and all of those doubts or all of these situations where I you know I felt slighted or someone, you know, literally may have shaded me in my business in a situation that um, money was involved because of the fact I was African American and I didn't have anyone to talk to. And so 
a lot of doubt, a lot of fear came, but in finding podcasts like Miley Teal's podcast and there is um, Side Hustle Pro and then there is Hashtags and Stilettos, listening to these women talk about all of their triumphs and off of their wins and all of their losses and all of their hard times, that's what's made me go even harder mm-hmm. because it's like, it's, it reaffirms that black magic is real and magic is in within black people. Like yeah. it just, it is, we're amazing. We're awesome. And so when you start this business, like be your a hundred percent best, like, you already know that there's a deck stacked against you. So that means you better take pride in that all night working and that late nights and early mornings so that you are at 100% when you go and you're in these rooms with people that may not necessarily be here for your business so that you're 100% perfect so that you can't be denied because you're just on, you're on the mark, you're on the game. And I think that's what's kept me going. And in those situations where I have been slighted, it's like, ah, it really doesn't matter. Like, I already know I'm going to win. Yeah. I already know my business is going to be the best because I'm working so hard to make it the best. And I'm doing it. And even though I may not have seen all of these other women or know them personally, you know, when they tell me their stories, that helps me. So when I see someone or when someone asks me a question, that's why I'm like, no, I'm going to be real transparent and let them know. Because the more we support each other, the more we tell our stories, the more it makes it a little less hard to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... also, another side of that answer um, is black businesses have come up <laughs> so much. So at first when I started, yes, there were so many um, instances where I was slighted and you could tell it was because I was the only brownie in the room. But now there's so many other black businesses and there's so much support from black business from black entrepreneurs, from just black people, that it has made it, I'm not going to say it's made it easier, but it's made it better. Like, now you don't feel like, oh, I have this business, it's, and I'm selling something. You feel like, no, I have the support of my people, and this is for everyone, but even more for my people. The win is for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful words. Um, You know, and, you know, like you said, it, the rise is, is here, you know, it's, it's definitely been here. And it's still unfortunate that, you know, black women entrepreneurs get disrespected the most when in reality, y'all probably doing it more than anybody. You know, um, I know for I don't know the statistics, but I know for a fact y'all outnumber black men when it comes to, you know, starting businesses and, you know, just making major moves. And yet, you know, you still have ignorant people out there that, you know, um, do ignorant things because this is still a very much sexist country. So the fact that, you know, you're able to get empowered from people who have stories, who come before you, black women, you know, that's that's a good thing. And that leads me to ask you as a black woman entrepreneur, what do you do or what do you plan on doing to empower people coming after you? Because I'm sure it's people that look at Avonda Turner and get inspired, whether it's, you know, not just to start an e-commerce business, but just a business in general. You know, how do you empower them? The way that I want, I just want to be transparent and share and give back to fellow entrepreneurs what has been given to me, meaning the honesty, the transparency, the listening ear, letting them know like, oh, you will win, you will win some, but you will also, also lose some and let you know, let me let you know my losses or how I was fired or how 
I lost all this money making these mistakes. And here's how you can change that. Here's how you cannot do that. Let me show you. Like, oh, you want to start an e-commerce business? Cool. Ask me questions. Ask me what you should do if you have, if you're going with WooCommerce. Ask me what's on Shopify. DM me and I will let you know what I know. Because someone before me has let me know what they know. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so how do we get in contact with you and what's the contact information for your business? Absolutely. So Aaron Anderson um, may be found online at AaronAndersonCo.com. That's E-R-I-N AndersonCo.com. And on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at AaronAndersonCo. And you can find me, Avonda Turner, at Avonda Turner on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. And is there any... Anything else you would like to add to, you know, the entrepreneurs out there listening, um, male, female, black, white, doesn't really matter. What would you like to say to them? I would like to say, go for it, pray about it, put a plan in place and go for it. There's always going to be a reason of why you shouldn't start now or, oh, it's going to be hard and it will be hard, but it will be so rewarding. So just make the plan and Go for the dream. No matter what that dream is, go for the dream. Go for the dream. All right. Well, thank you, Avonda Turner, for joining us uh, this week on the Monday Conversation. For having me. It's, it's been a pleasure. So, till next week, let's continue to imagine reality. Let's continue to work, and let's make it happen. You have a great day. Bye.